Welcome to the Hypnotic Comic Live Show. Finding that entertainment without meaning isn't cutting it anymore? Do you want to feel deeply connected yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna Grayson. I am indeed the hypnotically comical gal you've been waiting for. <laughs> and a uh, little plug here. I'm, my next show, I hope you guys will come out and uh, see the next stand-up comedy show at the Comedy Store, where such names as, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle. Is that true? It is true. We just checked our records, and Chris Rock has been known to perform, and have some regulars there like Chris Delia and uh, Jenna Grayson. <laughs> and uh, my next show will be this coming Friday, September 28th at the Comedy Store in the original room. Um, there's some big names there, people, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that and excited about it. And it's, uh, it's my year anniversary doing stand-up. So please come out and support and have a great time with us. And today on the Hypnotic Comic Show, we have the incredible and amazing Sharon Brock. <laughs> she is an L.A.-based health journalist. She's a babe and a friend of mine. So I'm just taking a little credit again. She is. She was a health journalist for UC San Francisco, UCSF, and USC hospitals, and we actually, coincidentally, are here today in the Haight-Ashbury region of San Francisco. It's a pretty famous area. It's very cool, and you may have probably have heard of it before from the Grateful Dead and some other really important points of American history and culture. And Sharon used to live here, um, and she's a certified yoga and meditation teacher, and she currently teaches mindfulness meditation. She's the senior editor and health journalist at Livestrong. And her story has gotten even more deliciously juicy since the last several months she has been facing um, the experience of going through the treatment and diagnosis with breast cancer. And she is applying everything that she's been learning over all these years um, as a yoga and meditation teacher and a health journalist and applying it to her life as an expert and as a yoga ninja. Hmm. Yoga ninja. Yeah. And so thank you so much for joining us today, Ms. Sharon Brock. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, Sharon, um, you've been living a life of exploration, both external, outside yourself, traveling in the world, and spiritual exploration, going deep within yourself to find truth and find ways out of suffering. Hmm. 
your own life experience. Can you tell us a little bit about that that journey you've been on for a long time now? Sure, of course. Uh, let's think about that. So, ever since I was a little girl, I my mom said the the day I started walking was the day I started running, and mm-hmm. I was always so curious. And what's around that corner? What's around that swing? What's ha- what happens if I climb that tree? And I I never lost that sense of curiosity and just love to explore. Um, you know, the minute I got my passport at age 25, I was offering the world. I've now seen 40 countries. What? Yeah, I just I just love new experiences, and it, it's interesting how. Um, I'm just always on the go, go, go. And it's interesting that when I got this, um, when I got my diagnosis of breast cancer in April of this year, April 30th, 2018, um, it, I, I really had to kind of, my life kind of came to a screeching halt because I suddenly had to, uh, I had to cancel my travel plans. I actually was on about to buy tickets to Thailand. Mm. And, I'll never forget it. I was, I was um, getting a biop, getting the biopsy, and I looked at my nurse, and I said, "I'm supposed to buy my ticket to Thailand today, leaving in two weeks. Should I not buy it?" And her eyes were like deer in the headlights, and she said, "You're going to need more tests." And I just, like my whole life turned upside down like I suddenly I didn't have control of what I could and could not do and I um had to turn things around and instead of exploring outwardly outwardly I realized that this was an internal journey I realized it's like it's like um an international trip but going inward and uh you know it's like I've done all these workshops and like yoga trainings around the world and and um, this is like a 10-month workshop, you know, going, turning in and, and applying everything that I've learned in my life to my own suffering and, and how, how to um, really putting all of these practices, meditation practices and such, to the test, like really um, for myself. And, um, and that's the process I'm going through right now. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. I'm right in the middle of it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it and for going through it. I know that if you had had the conscious choice, you would not have chosen this for yourself. And um, I think we both have a shared understanding that at a soul level, we choose these kinds of obstacles and great challenges to enrich our souls and enrich the lives of others. So thank you on a soul level, Mm. my dear, Mm. for taking this on for all of our benefit. I know it's been really a challenge, really everything, every emotion. Well, I tell you, I, you know, all of these things I learned, things like, um, you know, feeling grateful will bring more abundance into your life mm-hmm. or, you know, true happiness is through, through contentment and through surrender. And these are, these were all just concepts in my mind until now like with this experience, I've dropped into such a deep surrender, such a deep surrender practice and yeah. um, establishing equanimity 
things are as they are. They accept things just as they are. Mm. And, you know, I, that I, I'm, I'm learning these kind of these cliches in a, in a real, I've now embodied them. They, I've actually learned it now mm-hmm. through this experience. And it goes to show that, you know, you can read something in a book, but until you really experience it from the inside firsthand, like that's when, that's when the knowing comes so deeply. Yeah. It sounds like something you're saying there is that there is value in our suffering, even though through the teachings and the workshops and the classes and the meditation and the yoga that we're really seeking to get our butts out of the damn suffering that going through it is the greatest teacher. Mm. That's right. And you know what it is, is all these workshops and trainings are just adding to your toolbox. Okay. So luckily, I feel so grateful that as I have had this experience that has been the greatest challenge of my life, um, I, I had this toolbox to draw from. Yeah. So that, I mean, I'm just incredibly grateful to all of my teachers over the years for all of these workshops. I mean, I, I thought it was just going to be some, like, loneliness or because my boyfriend dumped me or something, you know. I didn't realize, oh, not that that's not bad either. That's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so hard. <laughs> suffering is suffering, folks. It's not like one is worse than the other at yeah. all, at all. Yeah. And in fact, like, these tools can help any level of suffering. It's the same tool. I still wish I had a million dollars. I still wish, you know, 
I was a size four. I still wish, you know, I lived in the city or whatever. You know, like you're, when I'm desiring something different than, than my life situation. Right. It's, it's almost like that discontent. Is, imagine like a stovetop. It's like bubbling in the pot in the back burner, right? Yeah. So even, even if the front burner is like, I'm grateful for my friends, I'm grateful for my job, I'm grateful, you know? Yeah. It's like if that discontent is in the back, it's not true gratitude. It's just sugar over bleep. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> it's just sugar over shit, girl. Sugar over shit. <laughs> I love sugar over shit. I had to figure out a new way 
to live with it. Yeah. And still have a level of peace and well-being in your mind and heart. Yeah. Or go crazy. Well, um, so, so yeah, so basically this new way of being with, like, learning to work with something mm-hmm. rather than resisting and bailing, like cut and run, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what I learned was surrender. Mm, wow. Was surrender was how an equanimity with like full acceptance of what is. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's, it's like, um, instead of having the grass is always greener mindset, it's watering your own grass. You know? Dang it. Do I really have to do that? Yes. Yeah. And so this is the big breakthrough is that when you stop striving, when I stopped striving and I just turned inward and I just watered my own grass and I fully surrendered control. Right. And I fully accepted my diagnosis. I fully accepted my body exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. After weeks and weeks and weeks of that deep, deep, deep surrender, equanimity practice, gratitude just spontaneously occurred. Right. Just spontaneously. And it was the deepest gratitude I had ever felt because for the first time in my entire life, I had fully accepted my life exactly as it is. Wow. That's really profound. Yeah. So you found the most profound acceptance of your life in the condition that was most difficult. Yes. For you slash any of us right. to accept. Right. Like, of course, anybody, including you, including me, anybody would be like, hell no, I'm not accepting this. Well, and that's the thing is that that's right. And that, that is the breakthrough that with ever you're unhappy, well, if ever I'm unhappy, I now ask, what am I resisting? Mm. Right? That's like the psychological cause and effect. So so I, I'm not just applying this to my health. I'm applying it to anything, right? Mm. Whatever my job is, whatever I'm dating, whatever jean size I'm wearing, wherever I'm living, whoever my roommates are, whoever my parents are, you know, family members. If I drop into full acceptance, I can navigate the world in a different way mm-hmm. and I, it's not you know joy and gratitude just spontaneously arise right I don't it's not sugar on shit anymore because I'm now just cleaning out the shit <laughs> <laughs> the resistance is the shit right the discontent and the acceptance is the enema what <laughs> The acceptance is the big broom. Oh, I just sit on the floor. Shit was on the floor. Yeah, and you know, and gratitude and joy spontaneously trick because that's who you are. I am gratitude. Just that that divine light is who you are. Mm -hmm. 
And when you love. clean, yeah. It's appreciation. It's love and appreciation. Yeah, yeah. that's a little different for today. It's love and appreciation. Yeah. yeah, one of the teachers that I really love also is Abraham, the teachings of Abraham Hicks. Yeah. And says that love as vi- as as the vibration of appreciation in the moment, which I feel like is what you're describing right yeah. now, is the essence of life itself. Is the essence, the highest vibration that exists in the universe and it's the essence of existence and creation and it's the truth of our being. And what you're describing is just that. It's like falling into that space of releasing resistance to the body, re- releasing resistance to the conditions or our thoughts or our feelings or ideas of the situation right. and allowing that deep appreciation and presence of love as your essence, as your truth, as your heart and your soul. Yeah! Hallelujah. You got it, girl. And so that's what you're experiencing. That's what I'm experiencing. That's pretty darn rad, girl. That's what I'm experiencing. And I'm midway, you know. I'm not not done with this yet. I I will. I do want to celebrate with everybody out there that I am done with chemo. Six chemo's down. Six chemo's down. Six. And so, you know, at the end of the month, I'll have surgery and then radiation after that. But, you know, I, it's like I got this. All I need to know is that I have the tools to handle whatever comes up with grace. Yeah. So, and just that I can... Stand tall, and I can stand in that strength. I can walk in that strength. Right. Beautiful. Uh, with the surrender practice, right? Things are as they are. Yeah. And accepting just as they are. Yeah, that's right. And move in with more ease in my body, not just my mind, but all the cells in my body. It's more peaceful and, and receptive in this medicine that is that's right. And with that choice of thinking in this very specific way of mindset. acceptance, the mindset, yes. what, how do you think that's affecting your the process that you're going through on a physical level? Yeah. Like in the cells of your body, in the breast of your body, how is that? How do you perceive, feel, believe, know that that's affecting your physical being to have that mindset? It's a really beautiful question because, again, I am, I am, I was pre-med in college and I have been a medical journalist for years working for USC and UCSF hospitals and so I know medicine and I know how the chemotherapy works and I know, I, I really believe in it. I'm so grateful for it. And I also have done my own spiritual um, studies and with yoga and meditation, and I understand the power of the mind and how powerful our mindset is and and having optimism and how important that is to your health. And um, I, I, it's like, it's almost like it's not, I can't say it literally that having a positive mindset is 
the, like capital T, capital H, capital E, the reason why my body responded to all the chemo. I think it's both, you know, I think both what? Both the meta, the chemotherapy and my mindset together, working together. Yeah. I think, I think another really beautiful thing about our human consciousness is that we're not seeing science and spirituality as opposites anymore. Yeah. I think that, um, that's a huge, huge part of who I am is seeing the intersection of the two and how they work together and how it's collaborative. Beautiful. Um, I think, you know, people, you know, people understand the mind body connection. Um, I think it's, um, gosh, it's when, when you talk about spirituality, there's so much that we don't know intellectually, but we know at that embodied level, mm-hmm. it's just a knowing. And I know that with my practice, it's called mindfulness of compassion, that I'm let my mind and my heart. My, I should say my heart is loving my mind. My heart is loving my breath. My heart is loving my body. My heart is loving myself. And that love feels good. And it, it has got to be healing. Absolutely. It has got to be healing. And, and we all know that. We all know that experience of when you feel stress, which is a mental thing, and then you get a headache, right? Right. Or when you feel, or you get arthritis or some stress, or like you feel anxious and you get a tummy ache. I mean, that mind-body connection, we've all experienced it. That's not woo-woo in any way. Right. Not anymore. Anyway. Not anymore. And, you know, and I think research is open to, to, to you know, ex, you know real, kind of verify and confirm that connection. I know that right. you know neuroscientists are kind of moving in that direction because right. then that can help healthcare. And I know a lot of oncologists are already saying, uh, you know, meditation to help you get through chemotherapy. That's right. And that's you know obviously that's become my new purpose in life. It's just so beautiful, right? Amazing. Because I've I've gone through chemotherapy, um, uplifted and grateful. And stable and grounded, and it's because of my practice, and it's because, and just and then I just have gratitude for my practice when I feel better. So it's just this, like yeah. And so I'm just so committed to to helping others going through chemotherapy, but just others going through deep suffering mm-hmm. because again, it's the tool is the same. Right. The tool is the same. So beautiful. So beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, I also want to just make a quick identification that we are on BBS Radio. We're talking to the beautiful Sharon Brock, L.A.-based health journalist. Um, You can find us on uh, BBS Radio, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. And if anybody would like to call in to the show um, to ask any questions, make any comments, to connect with Sharon, connect with me, Gemma, um, the phone number to reach us here is 888-627-6008. I'll say that one more time to reach us here at the station. It's 888-627-6008. Okay, wonderful. And um, so I have a couple more questions for you, uh, Sharon. I'm curious, like you talked about like what you're having to 
which you're having to confront in your internal experience. I'd like to hear a little bit about what you've had to confront, you know, around yourself in terms of like the way that society has viewed your condition, the ways that Mm. people treat you, the ways that um, have been helpful, the things that have been, have caused you to have to use your practice on a whole other level. Because I think, you know, I think as ordinary people, if they have not had the diagnosis, you might imagine, oh, God, that would be so scary to have that diagnosis, and I don't even want to think about it. But then there's this whole other level that people are in that place of sort of denial um, that you and I have actually talked about, that's um, a place where people aren't even willing to look at your experience and still kind of try to sidestep um, the truth of your experience by sort of making themselves feel better or just telling scary stories. So can you talk to, talk to us a little bit about that, like what you've noticed in the outside world, how, how the world responds to that word cancer, how the world responds to hearing that you're going through that and the idea of chemotherapy and like the ways that we want to avoid it or respond with fear. And so glad you asked that question. Um, yeah, so so obviously cancer has affected every person's life. It's so common, and uh, there's still so much fear around it. But the beauty is that it, you know, the, the researchers are working so quickly, and medicine is is advancing so quickly, and Saying optimistic is really helps. It's like the wind beneath my wings. That's how it's been. When when friends and family say like you've got this and and you know stay focused, stay present, stay optimistic, imagining imagining the chemotherapy, you know, getting the cancer, but but leaving the healthy cells alone, and then detoxing quickly, using your mind as as an ally, right? Right. Positive. I mean, I actually was imagining the chemotherapy as rainbows coming into my into my world, into my into my veins, you know. And then, beautiful. And it's, you know, it's not like I'm out of touch with reality, but you know, like why not use your mind in a, to create a, a beautiful garden mm-hmm. as your body, mm-hmm. and, and you know, just surrounding yourself with with flowers and love and friends and you know, things that make you happy and joyful. And right. and there is a healing power in that. That's right. And rather than the doom and gloom, right? And the fear, my goodness. And so I mean, even stage four, you can you can stay positive. You can stay optimistic. And um I actually recently wrote an article for Huffington Post what to say and what not to say. Right. When someone is first diagnosed, and right. really the key thing not to say is to immediately go into, oh, my mom had cancer, my aunt had cancer, my neighbor had cancer, you know, my, you know, my pen pal had cancer. I mean, like it's just like, you know, it's so overwhelming. It's yeah. so overwhelming, and it's yeah. it's a story, right? And each person is different. Each each diagnosis prognosis is different. Each way someone handles it is different. And what actually is most helpful mm-hmm. is just to listen with an open heart and say, I care. What do you need? Can I help you? 
I love you. You know, like you mm-hmm. got this. You're really strong. Mm-hmm. You got this. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're so you're so loved. Beautiful. All right, you know. Mm-hmm. Rattling, rattling off all the knowledge you have about cancer or all the yeah. uh, wanting to commiserate. It's like, just open your heart and really listen to this person. That's what they're experiencing on the inside. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, just take a deep breath in the sun and give them a hug. Yeah. And just empower them and bolster their, their courage and mm. their strength. And that's, that's really what it's about. They don't need knowledge. They got that from their doctors. You know? Right. They just need love and reassurance and enough love. Kindness. Kindness. Yeah. Presence, presence listening. Oh, so much. Yeah, I get that. Because really the number one thing that when you're diagnosed, is that literally for eye health, is overwhelmed. Yeah. So many people giving me advice. Yeah. That what we really want to hear is 
how are you doing? I hear you. Yeah. Can I listen? Yeah. I love you. You got this. You're so strong. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. I believe in you. I believe in you. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And that's been my experience, too. Now I'm going to turn yeah. it on to myself and make it all about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my suffering. So we can commiserate right now. But uh-huh. I was just saying, like, I felt it, too. You know, I'll talk about my dad's condition. Mm-hmm. My dad has dementia and ALS at the same time, which is just nuts. And it's really rare to find somebody who's going through that specific experience. But, you know, I've had experiences where people have said, oh, I've had that experience with my father. And he went through this horrific dying process where he suffered and was in so much pain and it was drawn out. And, like, I, I that doesn't no. help me no. at all. It doesn't help. It doesn't help And there's all. another thing, too, is that people tend to catastrophize. Like, mm-hmm. they want to one-up on the misery. Uh yeah, and that's another tendency. Why? It's like, oh, that's a bad story. Let me tell you mine. It's like being back in the old folks' home back in the 19th right. when we were like, oh, you got cards, girl? And osteoporosis. Related to exactly what we're saying, yeah. right? It's like mm-hmm. my story is better than yours, or mm-hmm. or my suffering's harder than yours. Yeah, or just it's a false story, right? And I, um, I I had to get to a point where so that I wasn't soaking in other people's suffering, yeah, around their experience of cancer, like their yeah. family. And not that I'm not compassionate, but I just, my bandwidth was full, you know? And um, so, what I, again, by like, kind of like seeing it as noise and kind of, I would say like, think, you know, that's your story and thank you for sharing and I'm writing my own. I'm writing my own. Mm. writing my own. You're like, saying writing, right, writing, you're not writing. That's correct. W-R-I. Yeah. I'm writing my story. I'm writing my story. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to be suffering over that chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose that. Mm-hmm. So, so, so basically, um, the way I see it is I separated pain from suffering. Okay. So pain is the diagnosis. And I just, I don't have control over that. So I just gave that to my doctors. Okay. They're the experts. But the suffering, that's all me. Like how I react to the pain. Whether I go downward spiral or stay optimistic. Whether I, whether I dwell on the diagnosis or I celebrate life. Right. Because I now realize how fragile it is. Mm. You know, today is important too. You know, I'm not just waiting for my treatment to be over. Today is the day to celebrate, to be alive. Yeah, I see that. So, like, this is a the suffering is my job, whether I suffer or not. The pain, I give that to my doctor. It's the serenity prayer, like, right? It's you realize what you have control over and what you don't, and you let go of what you don't have control over. And then, what you do, you say, Yes, I'm making a choice Mm. to be positive, to be grateful, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To not resist 
not read it, clean up that shit. And um, so once I got kind of dropped below all of that noise, and then I got into my body. And then you listen to my body. And this is where my biology background comes in. I realized mm-hmm. that my body is nature. Right. My body is just like a garden with all different types of flowers and species and weeds and, you know, a multi-species garden. Mm-hmm. My body. Yeah. It really is. Like, it literally is. Yeah. And, um, you know, in my garden, and I just have one species here in my right breast that's growing a little too fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that's actually all that's happening. That's right. That's all that's happening. And that's actually more accurate than all of these Right. That's right. So, really dropping into that reality, seeing reality more clearly. But this is just my body; it's just nature. Mm-hmm. It's a little out of balance. He felt it's just a little confused. Okay, so from that space of equanimity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's no fear there. It's just bunk, which is what it is. That <laughs> thing's just as it is. You ground into it. Ground into it. I'm in my body. I'm like, okay. I'm not fighting the cancer. I'm not afraid of it. Just, 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 just. Well, what do you do when your garden's out of balance? You don't flip out. Dig it all up and you trash it. You just, <laughs> you just, you just feel it, right? You look at it and you go, oh, that was that plant's going a little too fast. Okay, well then let's. Let's let's fix it. Let's take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you prune it. You prune it. You you know, it's like I, the chemotherapy with like some some chemicals I use to you know shrink that weed. Mm-hmm. Whatever the surgery is when you cut it out, take it out of the garden. Mm-hmm. And then you just care and love and fertilize all the rest of the other. You don't get mad at it. You don't get mad at it. You don't get mad at the weed. You don't get mad at the garden. You don't say, why me that I have this garden? No. No, you go, what a beautiful garden. You just say, I am a mindful, loving gardener. I'm a beautiful gardener with a beautiful garden. I want to take care of my beautiful garden with love and gentleness and care. Yeah. Yeah. And gratitude for all my friends who are coming over and helping with the garden. Oh, my doctors, my nurses, my friends. Oh, oh God. People help me with my garden. It's so sweet. Mm. Mm. And, you know, two more months. It's going to be the most beautiful lotus garden. Yeah. It's going to be more beautiful than the one Started. I think it already is in a lot of ways. Yay. I could be so bold to say, you know, you, I've known you for like nine years, I think. Is that right? Mm. Since you came to Southern California. Yeah. And I feel like your being, your light, your heart, your 
space, your body, like you're blossoming in this way that is new. That is like your light coming out and you laugh so easily now in the thick of it. You know, we laugh a lot. You laugh heartfully, you know, heartily and hurtfully. And like, so I want to ask you about that and like what role humor has played and why do you think you're, you're laughing so easily and so richly and we're laughing so much together. What, what kind of role has it played and what's up with the laughter and the healing? And yeah, no, it's like a frying pan has smacked me in the head that life is fragile. Okay. And we cannot take it for granted. It's such a gift to be alive. It's such a gift to be alive. Every single day. Every single day. Yeah, it really is. And laughed. And the role of humor is just it's not to take things so seriously. It's taken so seriously, personally and constantly. And <laughs>
And I asked Wayne Dyer in my awareness of his eternal being, I said, Wayne, you're a wise motherfucker. <laughs> Wayne, you're really wise here on the earth plane. What is the difference between being on the earth and being in heaven? And that's really what the answer was, is that in heaven is the pure state of enjoyment. Ah. We're just in a pure state of enjoyment. And I, I felt this transmission of the sensation of it, of like what he's feeling as like enjoyment. And I want to use other words that like what it felt like. It was like pleasant, ease, beauty, love, enjoyment, appreciation, connection, knowing, enjoyment, love, beauty. Oh, God. So on Earth, we have contrast, but we have cheeseburgers to help us remember. You are long. You're like, cheeseburger, I don't eat cheeseburgers. We also have um, kale salad. We also have pasta with burrata cheese. Burrata cheese to help us remember what heaven is. To help us remember what heaven is, like we have pasta with burrata. <laughs> it kind of rhymes. Pasta with burrata. <laughs> That's what I had last night in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. Oh, mm. so good. So but, I'm writing a book. What? Yes. I was about it, girl. Oh. Oh. So the book is called Strength Through Surrender. Oh, wow. That's great. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, because people think surrender as the opposite of strength, right? It's like giving in or giving up. Giving up. And the, as, I was, as I shared earlier, the most profound breakthrough I had was when I dropped into deep surrender to what is. Like, this is what's happening. Letting go of control. Um, mm-hmm. and, and dropping into deep acceptance of exactly what is. Mm-hmm. is when I found, is when I uh, drink and joy and love just emerged. Yeah. Again, just effortlessly. And it was, And that was the courage to go into the infusion chair for chemo or to, you know, that will serve to go into surgery. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm. And it's so profound. It's so profound because my body is in a relaxed state versus, you know, when you amp yourself up for something like, I'm going to be strong, I'm going to be courageous, but your body is tense, right? Your muscles are tense. This is a strength through like a calm confidence. Beautiful. Um, it's trusting. In that surrendered state, you're trusting that whatever comes into your life, either externally or internally, mm-hmm. that you got this. You can handle it with grace. Mm-hmm. And there's such, and I don't know what is more empowering than that. There's nothing more empowering than knowing you can handle whatever comes up in life with grace. And mm-hmm. that's what the tools that I talked about in the book provide. 
Cool. Thank you. I'm so excited to read it. Yeah. The process of writing it right now. So beautiful. I'm yeah. so excited to read it. And thank you so much for writing it and using this really, really challenging time in your life <clears throat> to be an even greater gift than you already have been in service to humanity for all of our suffering and in particular, people who are facing the same kind of diagnosis that you're facing. Okay. Um, but, you know, we're also having a conversation, again, about suffering, and um, it is a universal experience. It's part of the human experience, and it's such a such a, a gift to be able to acknowledge it. And before we talked about, you know, that step one place of can we just acknowledge that there is suffering, mm-hmm. that that matters, that, um, that that's part of our common humanity, and I feel like in the Eastern re- religions, Eastern traditions like Buddhism, Hinduism, and um, India, and a lot of the Asian cultures, that there is an awareness, um, especially in Buddhism, there's an awareness and a conversation about suffering that we really just don't have in the West, that suffering is something to ignore or to pretend like isn't happening, is to brush under the rug, is to mm-hmm. medicate. Um, or to drink away or smoke away or eat away. Yeah, to yeah. so like become a greater consumer. Use your use your suffering to become a better American patriot consumer um, of whatever the American machine is feeding us um, or whatever you enjoy as pleasure the most. So there's a couple things that I'm kind of wanting to say there. One is that enjoyment is different than pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because the pleasure is conditional, mm-hmm. but enjoyment can be unconditional. That's right. Like, I'm going to enjoy your squeeze in your face. I can enjoy You yeah. can potentially right. enjoy, even in the place of suffering, the, the possibility that we are facing suffering and that with that step one place where we could say, I know that I'm suffering, mm-hmm. this is what is. Can you give us a sentence again? Like, this is what is and I accept what is. Um, Things are as they are. May I accept things just as they are. Yeah, beautiful. That's right. right. And so in in that place of deep acceptance, deep acceptance, we don't necessarily even need people to be able to say the right thing or to get it. No, no. That's right, because you're cultivating, you're fortifying your spirit right you're giving yourself what you need yeah that's something that you've also taught me too is that place of just like putting my hand on my heart hand on my belly yeah. and saying what do i need that's right yeah that's yeah right. and self-care deep self-love yeah in my journey both yeah. with comedy and facing the fears and facing the suffering of life it's like why aren't people saying the things that I need them to say, Sharon? Oh, yeah. Why can't they say the right thing? That thing is. But then it's also like I the opportunity you yeah, to provide it for yourself and be like, mm. actually, what is it that I need? Do I even know? I'm like, oh, God, I don't even know. What do I need? I'm like, I just want to lay on the floor and cry for like three days or maybe 30 minutes would be enough. And then it's like, okay, that's all I needed. Yeah. To acknowledge, like, the child inside of us or the baby inside of us or the, just the suffering parts that are like, okay, how do I find my way back to surrender? How do I find my way back to letting go and letting the truth of our, of our appreciation, of our enjoyment, of our light, of our love, 
can raise to the surface, like a buoy that just got pushed down for a second. It's going to pop right back up when we let go. Hallelujah. Aww. So we're going to wrap up in just a moment here. Um, once again, we are speaking with Sam Brock, the author of Strength Through Surrender. And if you, if anybody wants to reach her and find out more information or connect with her and have her guide you through your experience, she is available at Sharon Well, sorry, Sharon Brock Wellness, and I'll spell that out for you. SharonBrockWellness.com. That's S H A R O N B like boy R O E K Wellness dot com. And I am your host, Jenna Grayson, the Hypnotic Comic. It has been my joy and my pleasure to be of service with you. And I hope this has been a benefit and has found you found your way into that place of deep connection and great joy and love and place of surrender and beauty that is your truth, that is the essence of the life that breathes your breath, that is the place where the spirit of the infinite touches the depths of whatever it is you're going through. We thank you so much for joining us, Sharon. Is there anything else you want to share in the last couple minutes we have left? Yeah, just just love yourself. It's so important. Care for yourself. And uh, yeah, after after cancer, only kindness matters now. Only kindness. Yeah. So it is. May you all go out there and be kind to one another. Be kind to yourselves. Enjoy you. May you enjoy your day. Please continue to join us Mondays at noon. BBS Radio Live. It's not a comic live. Love and appreciate you. Be well. Enjoy. Find some pleasure here and there if you have to. You know, sometimes it's just all you get. I don't know. I don't know. The full moon. Happy birthday, everybody. Talk to you soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye.